This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for giving. Lord, you're such a giver. You gave us your son, you gave us your word, you gave us your Holy Spirit. Lord, you just keep giving and giving. And now, Lord, we, we ask you to give us an understanding of your scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Matthew chapter 12, verse 14. Then the Pharisees went out and held the council against him, how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all, and charged them that they should not make him known, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory, and in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Okay, so, so far now we've been covering here how the Lord Jesus, he started his public ministry. It's a ministry that's based on two things about him, Care and compassion. He cares, he, com he has compassion, and therefore he hears, and he asks us to do what he does. The greatest commandment among the Jewish people today, the greatest commandment in the Bible, the greatest commandment that he acknowledged was the greatest commandment is Deuteronomy 6.4, the Shema. And that's the one where the Lord said in Mark chapter 12, verse 29, Mark 12, 29, Jesus answered, the first of all commandments is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So this is the primary command that God gives to man, and it's a command to hear. 
That was the word, Shema, hear, O Israel. Not just to listen, but to hear. And there's a difference. We can think of hearing as just one step further, one step beyond just listening. Listening is like to understand. When we listen, we understand what's being said. But hearing is not just to listen, it's to hear deep within us to the intention of obeying. That's what's really encapsulated in the word listen or shema. It's this idea of I'm listening because I want to obey, because I have this intention to obey. Last night I was with a taxi driver from Nigeria, and he was telling me how in Nigeria he had been bitten twice by the, the very poisonous black adder. And he survived that, and then he said that he didn't want to go into details. We said there was four other instances in Lagos, Nigeria, where he came close to death. And, and therefore, from these experiences, he says he believes in God. And so when I spoke to him about what the Bible said, he said, oh, the Bible, and he reaches down next to his, his seat next to him, and he, and he holds up a Bible. He says, holy Bible. That's, he says, there it is, my holy Bible. But as I spoke to him about the Bible, it was clear he didn't believe the Bible. So just by having a Bible sitting next to him, but it gave him this, this certain level of comfort and assurance, just it was there, it was there. And, and he was reading it, but, but he wasn't prepared to hear it in the sense that here that he was a sinner and that he needed a savior because he thought he could just, he could, his life, he's, he talked about his uh, good intention, good, in, good uh, positive thinking, could bring him this intention to make him a good person to get into heaven. So, But he thought with the Bible next to him there that that was what was needed. And so he was listening to the Bible. He knew the Bible. But he was not hearing the Bible. It was not in a sense that he was wanted to obey with this hunger to want to do what the Bible says. And this is what the Lord says that he wants from us, that we hear him just like he hears us. He hears, we hear him, we move to action. He hears us, we, he moves to action. And that's what he does. He hears our prayers, he hears the sighs, he hears the sorrows, and then he moves to action. And that's how he was conducting his ministry here. He had it with a hearing heart. He heard every need of the people that he came in contact with. He heard their physical needs. He heard their soul's diseases. And this is what happened just before a passage here, because here's this man, and he has this shriveled up, dried up hand, and he sees the Lord Jesus, and the Lord Jesus hears the despairing, silent cries of this man in his pain, in his frustration, he can't work, he's probably reduced to begging, and the Lord just didn't listen to the silent cries for help, but he hears them in the sense that he moves to action, and the action was, verse 13, then saith he to the man, stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it forth and was restored whole like as the other. But before he did that, before he moved to do that, help the man, there was resistance. And there was the obstacle of the Pharisees. They were standing right in the way of the Lord Jesus to help this man. And the Lord valiantly fought through all that opposition of the Pharisees to get this man, to get his hand healed. And the Lord knew, he was very well aware that the Pharisees 
had set him up, that he was set up to fall into this trap, this trap of healing this man on the Sabbath. And even though the Lord knew it was going to come with a cost to himself, he healed the man. Even though he knew that he was signing his own death sentence by healing that man on the Sabbath, that's what he did. Nothing was going to stand in the way of the Lord helping that man in his need, even if it meant he was going to pay for it with his own life. And this is what the Lord did for us when he made that decision to save us from our sins, even though it cost him his life. I mean, I always think of this word willing, willing. So often when you read the scriptures, you just plug it in there. Christ died for our sins. Christ was willing to die for our sins. And so here in this case, as soon as the Lord took the bait to heal on the Sabbath and healed the man, it says in our verse 14 here, verse 14, then the Pharisees went out. It's just the way that's written. You know, then the Pharisees went out. We can just picture that scene. The Pharisees had their opportunity to entrap the Lord. The Pharisees knew that the Lord had this heart of a shepherd. They knew his heart. They knew he had this heart of the shepherd that he could not resist to heal this man with a withered hand on the Sabbath, even the Sabbath or no Sabbath. And so they goaded him into healing on the Sabbath when they said in verse 10, verse 10, they asked him, say, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And so the Pharisees, they didn't care about this man, whether his, his hand gets healed or not. Or not there. The man's just a bait. He's a bait on the hook. And just as they thought, he did it. He took the bait. The heart of the shepherd drove the shepherd into the field of danger, and the Lord healed the man. And as soon as the Lord did it, it was a moment like, like it was for the Lord on his final mock trial before the Sanhedrin in Matthew 26. Matthew 26, 65, it says like this, then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, he has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now you've heard his blasphemy. As soon as the Lord healed this man's hand, it was this, what further need have we moment for them? And that's what's behind verse 14 when it says, then the Pharisees went out. We can just picture that scene there. Soon as the Lord heals the man, all the Pharisees file out. They leave. And they leave the Lord alone with the man there. And the Pharisees, they had what they called in verse 14, how they might accuse him. So when they left the Lord, they left the meeting and they went into a very important meeting. As it says in verse 14, the Pharisees went out and held a council against him, how they might destroy him. It wasn't just a meeting, it was a council, it was a discussion, it was like a brainstorming, it was a, who's got ideas here in the group right now, that how we can accuse him, in verse 14, how they might accuse him. It was a meeting of a council, and it says in verse 14, it was a council against him. It was against him. Now, why were they so against him? I mean, What's he doing? He's, he's healing people, uh, uh, hands, shriveled hands. And so what's the reason? Well, the reason that they were against him was because 
he was what he was becoming. He was becoming more important than them. You know, Mark 15:10, Mark 15:10, it says about Pilate. He knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. 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 They were jealous. They were jealous how the people respected him. And jealousy is very powerful. Jealousy is very fierce. It says in Proverbs 6.34, Proverbs 6.34, jealousy is the rage of a man. Therefore, he'll not spare in the day of vengeance. So jealousy drove them to want to destroy the Lord Jesus. And the Pharisees were watching him. They had their eye on him. They were taking notice of how he was being compared to them. They were being compared to him in the area, for example, of teaching and in particular, authority in teaching there because the people were realizing, they were realizing Mark 122, Mark 122, where it says the people were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. See that last part, not as the scribes, that's the comparison part. So when the Pharisees and the scribes taught, they simply, I mean, uh, you know, as you know, I've been going now to this uh, Talmud Torah class once a week. I mean, I never studied the Talmud, thank God. No, but anyway, I never studied the, the Talmud, and now I have an opportunity to, to see what's in it, you know, what's in the Talmud. And I'm telling you, it's totally different from the case. What it does, it's like a, a discussion of what this famous rabbi said. No, and what that famous rabbi said, and how they differ. This is really what the Talmud does. It's teaching the Talmud, well, Rabbi Hillel, he taught this passage means this. No, but Rabbi Rashi, he teaches it's this, and Rabbi Maimonides, he teaches it this way. I'm telling you, it's just so dry and boring it's kind of like, sort of like walking through a lumber yard before they've swept up the sawdust and kicking your feet as you walk and the sawdust fills the air and after a while you're coughing. It's so dry. That's what I found the Talmud to be, a comparison of the words of men. Men, men, men. Like the Lord said in Matthew 15, 9, Matthew 15, 9, but in vain they do worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. But when the Lord taught, so different. He didn't say things like, you know, Rabbi Gamaliel, he says this. No, that's not what the Lord did. The Lord taught in a totally different way with an air of authority to his teaching because, for example, we saw it in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5.27. Matthew 5.27, he said, you've heard? And boy, did they hear. Anyway, you've heard that it was said of, by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. See, it was those but I say unto you statements, all of those, not but Gamaliel says unto you, but what I say unto you, that caused the people 
to come to the conclusion of Matthew 21.10, for example, Matthew 21.10, and when he was come into the Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? And that's what the Pharisees were hearing was all the people saying about the Lord Jesus, who is this? And the Pharisees never heard the people say about that, about any Pharisee, who is this? And that infuriated the Pharisees to the point of of this jealousy. And that's why the Pharisees then challenged his authority in Matthew 21, 23. Matthew 21, 23, when, when he was come into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, by what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? So the Pharisees had to acknowledge that the Lord had authority. So they said, well, okay, look, about his authority, they told the people about his authority, Matthew 12, 24, Matthew 12, 24, farther down in our chapter. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. They said, he's in league with the devil. And that's why they were so against the Lord to the point where they, they felt they had to stop the Lord Jesus once and for all, and that meant they had to destroy him. So they needed a strategy. They had to have, what's the strategy? We gotta have a strategy to accomplish the goal of destroying him. They just needed to know the how. So they already know the what it was gonna do, destroy him. Now they had to have the how, and that's what this whole council was all about in verse 14, is that how they might destroy him. And when they went out, the Pharisees went out in their council, they had company. They weren't alone. There was others that came into this council in Luke 22, 2. Luke 22, 2, it says, the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. So, They're looking for this, how they might destroy him in in verse 14. And at last, they found it. They really feel they've got it here in the breaking of the Sabbath. They said, oh, this is perfect. You know, when they started that council, they just felt like now we've got the reason for how we can destroy the Lord. The plan was falling very nicely into place for them as they planned on using the breaking of the Sabbath as their basis for seeing the Lord put to death because they had the scripture to back them up. In Exodus 35.2, the Exodus 35.2, it says, six days shall work be done, but on the seventh there shall be uh, to you an holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. So they've got the scripture and they say, perfect. So the group of the council were the Pharisees and the scribes, very religious group, but then they're joined by another group in this council that's not religious at all. In Mark 3, 6, Mark 3, 6, it says, the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. So the Herodians, as a group, come in, they join the council and to determine how they're going to destroy the Lord. Who are the Herodians? Well, the Herodians are Jews, but they're loyal to King Herod. They're not religious Jews, they're secular, but they support King Herod. And this is the same King Herod who's just beheaded John the Baptist 
and who's going to send the Lord later to his crucifixion. So the Herodians, what, what, what's their problem? Why are they angry at the Lord? They're very angry at the Lord because they're loyal to Herod, and they know how the Lord Jesus slipped through the finger, the murderous fingers of a Herod before, previous Herod, when he went and killed all the babies that were under two years old in an effort to kill the Lord. And so they hated the Lord, how he escaped the death of the former king Herod. So what a group this is. We've got the Pharisees, the scribes, the priests, the Herodians, and it's all about how they can get the Lord to deserve the death sentence for breaking the Sabbath. And so they carefully review what the Lord has done on the Sabbath to see if there's enough there that we can say he deserves the death sentence. And then they discuss how they might bait and goad him into to doing more to deserve death sentence for breaking the Sabbath. Now, the Lord is aware of this counsel. It says that when he knew, when he knew it in verse 15, but, but when Jesus knew it, he's aware of the counsel. He knows about what they're discussing and how they're discussing how they might destroy him. He knows uh, why he came to earth in the first place. And there's a phrase that's used for why he came to earth that's very interesting in this context. And he said in John 5.40, John 5.40, he said these words to the Pharisees, as a matter of fact. He said, you will not come unto me that you might have life. That's what he said. You will not come to me that you might have life in John 5.40. Then in another place, he said in John 10.10, John 10.10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And then another place, he said in John 20, 31, John 20, 31, but these are written, or or rather John said that, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. See, this is the phrase, these three words. The reason he comes to earth is to open this door for these three words that man might have life, might have life. Man's going astray, and man here, in this case, represented by the scribes, Pharisees, Herodians, all these different parts of sectors of society. And He's come that they might have life, and they're planning that he might have death. It's just so astounding. The person who's come so that they might have life is being scheduled for he might have death. And again, you can plug the word willing in there. He was willing to come that they might have life. He was willing to come to earth, they might have life. He was willing to be despised and rejected, that they might have life. He was willing to die on a cross, that they might have life. Everything the Lord suffers, he suffered so that man might have life. That's just who he is. He is the might have life person. The person that they're plotting on to destroy, he's the one who's plotting for they might have life. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.